Welcome to another edition of Own Goal Podcast, date of recording, September 27th, 2023. And as a club soccer took an international break, we decided to take a little mini break. But we are back. We got plenty of news to discuss, plenty of soccer to discuss, and uh, most importantly, the Champions League is back, baby. <laughs> we'll uh, hit all this stuff and more, but first. To the byline. It's in, it's in goal! It's a gift! Oh, he's almost done well to get that in because he's ahead of the near post. He's almost behind him. Sticks his left leg out. It almost hits his heel. It goes straight into the bottom of the corner. Bottom corner of the net. Gets ahead of the ball. It's the inside of his car. So I have one new story for us to discuss that I don't we haven't talked on the pod because it broke um, in the month between our last episode and now. But Paul Pogba got lost in the sauce. Yeah. And by sauce I mean some sort of banned substance. And it's like a isn't it like a full year ban? Like it's yeah, and, and I will be honest. I don't know the intricacies of like of how doping and and PEDs and stuff like how they're monitored and if a year ban is usual for first offense. I think Onana, uh, his last time at Ajax, he actually was serving a like six month suspension or something. So it might be that like. If you pop positive on one of these screens and tests, the the punishments are pretty severe. But I, I've seen that their camp is going to be like appealing and yeah, and, which is always I've always wondered about that because like I mean the Italian process is never a fast process, and if just through appeals you can get a bit of time delay. Whatever you pop positive for might be out of your system depending on how. Fall, but I mean, weird for anything associated with Juventus to pop up in some sort of uh, delinquent or cheating situation. Never, never heard that before. Yeah, and part of me just wonders with Pogba's situation if it was more of a fact of you know if he and obviously I don't know a lot of the details myself to be honest about yeah what exactly he got popped for what quantity was in his system. So, what's now going to happen, just so everyone knows, is rank speculation (laughs) based on nothing substantive. The best kind. Yeah. With all the injury troubles he's had, I almost wonder if he was really more using as a part of recovery than anything else. I mean, I think that makes actually a lot of sense, right? I mean, he's been playing for a long time, and I've never, I haven't heard, you know, any of these things happen come up prior. Right. So, and you feel like, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I don't know, but I was actually going down the same, the same route. And in that vein, you know, injuries suck and injuries are a part of the game in the sense that they happen, always have happened, always will happen, but they're not in the purest form, how the game is ideally played out right you look you don't have to convince me i think that if you're hurt you should be allowed to to use whatever scientific means are possible to get you to recover now the issue with that in sports in general is it's like 
okay, how do we monitor that? Where the cutoff period is. Where yeah. the cutoff period is. And, you know, there's an obviously Here, gray area. Here's my take on it. Hit me. It would have to be approved as new rules and legislation in the game. And at that point, you have to register. You have to undergo, undergo more stringent testing uh, and constant monitoring. And you are not eligible to appear in any competition uh, until you're off the sauce. And when you when you register as off the sauce, it's not going to be random screening. It's going to be like kind of you know yeah. random in the random in that the the time and days that are chosen. But like you know, you're going to hit tests more often than in the normal random screening phase. Uh, and that way, like yeah, you know anything that's for an actual club competition or an international competition, you are ineligible for. Uh, until a certain period of time. So, and there'll be injuries where it's not worth it for the player. Like, yeah. you know what, we're going to do this thing the old fashioned way, but there will be ones, you know, especially those longer term stuff where, Hey, maybe this can get Aaron Rodgers back before the playoffs. The Jets are not going to be, be making. Yeah. Um, I actually, I, I agree with you. The, the only way it works is if there's a lot of monitoring and a lot of very clear bright line rules. And it, it basically involves like, the, the sports league itself to have like its own department that this is the sole focus of it. So, you know, maybe not a good thing for Italy to enact <laughs> because of the rampant corrupt, corruption, but for a different league without those troubles, it could be very interesting. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that'll be interesting kind of to see how that all unfolds. So certainly one to keep an eye on. That was definitely one of the, the bigger stories of the um, month. Oh, Another story I have for you. The fullbacks fullbacks are under attack like never before. This time in the form of Michael Ballack. Michael Ballack gave an interview with some German. Derek Ray tweeted about it. That's how I know about it. Um, so he's very much knows all things Bundesliga. Oh, yeah. But Michael Ballack basically said that Joshua Kimmich was not a world-class midfielder, and he was only world-class at fullback. That was an attack on fullbacks. Joshua Kimmich is a phenomenal midfielder. He is a phenomenal midfielder. He would... Maybe maybe there are two or three teams on this planet he would not immediately start for in midfield. Today? Today. Who are they? Real Madrid. Because of the depth that they have in the midfield. Manchester City. Yeah, no, I, I mean... Am I missing well, anyone that he, and, would, and he wouldn't I mean, walk into the 11? Chelsea, they spent over $100 million on two different midfield players. There's no way he could compete with that, right? That, <laughs> that both suck. Um, um, I think your, your, your indignation is as valid as it can be. Uh, <laughs> Wow, what a, what a way to say that. What a way to say a statement that had no meaning whatsoever. As valid as it can be. That can, that can mean equally that there is zero validity or 100% validity. It can truly be anywhere in that range. Well, I think Valak's comments are Disgusting. exaggerated and not accurate by the definition of the words he said. Which, like, if that's our society, then so be it. 
Uh, but I will say this. I think Kimmich was a better fullback than he is a midfielder. So now you're attacking fullbacks. No. Actually, no. That I'm supporting the fullback. No, no, no. But we've agreed. We have we we have agreed. The theorem on this podcast is that we've the better fullback, <laughs> the better of a fullback you are, actually, the better you are at another position. And so that's there. You go. He is better as a fullback, but he is world class, according to you, not Michael Ballack, as a midfielder. Uh, which means like he is positionally not playing uh, in a spot that gives him 100% of, of his ability, right? He's capped at playing at 95% of his ability, 90% of his ability, and he's still so fucking good that Michael Bollock is saying this to try to stay relevant. Love, love Michael Bollock, but like we're a long way away from him wowing people on the set of ESPN during the 2014 World Cup, right? The, him and Van Nistelrooy, that was the one-two punch we all needed. So good-looking, both of them. I just think that Michael Ballack should maybe focus on not dating his dead son's girlfriend and <laughs> instead focus on... Yeah. 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 It's tough to say anything when I can just throw that back at Michael Ballack. Today. You have to play Kimmich at right back. Okay. What teams is he not getting into? I don't, and I don't think we have many Liverpool listeners, but anybody trying to yell Alexander Arnold can sit the fuck down and shut up. Chelsea, if Reese James is healthy, I can see, I think there's an, I think that's, I think that's an argument. I think I can mm-hmm. see it both ways. That's yeah. one I could possibly think of. Well, and the style they kind of run with the three and the wing backs is, and, and Kimmich's not slow or anything, but is uniquely suited to Reese James' electric speed too. So I, I, I think you've got a good point there. Uh, PSG, I'm much more confident about with Hakimi. Yes, Hakimi. You don't get it over Hakimi. Technically, Bayern Munich because he doesn't play right back for Bayern Munich. But you wouldn't. You who, who is their right back? Who's been playing it's, there? For it's not that he doesn't play there for them. I'm asking you, would you if he had to play right back? Would yes. you slot him in there? Yes. Okay, so we have a Chelsea, PSG. I think that Kimmich is a better player, a better fullback than Kyle Walker. But I think that Kyle Walker is a really big part of that Manchester City yes. team. So not in, ter- not in a skill reason, but for chemistry reasons, I wouldn't see Walker displaced either. And Kyle Walker gives them more flexibility because I think it's less so now, but years back they would sometimes run him as that third, and yes. for England, that third center back. And have somebody else be a fullback. Kimmich cannot run the, the right side center back uh, in a, in a three man back line. Yeah. So I think that 
very, those are very valid, eligible uh, points. But yeah, that's or, and then I, after that, I kind of start to run quite. So two to three is what you're saying, which was the number of, of midfielders that he would uh, a team that he wouldn't drop into in the midfield. Maybe so, he's so, as so maybe, it's a wash. Yeah, maybe he's as good as a fullback as he is as a midfielder. And so this ends the Joshua Kimmich segment of the podcast. All right, that's everything this week. We'll talk to you guys next time. That's all I had for news, besides things that are maybe more specifically league-oriented. Yeah, I think we'll have a a bit of a spirited conversation um, and rank speculation when we get to the Italian league. Um, but we'll we're, get there. We'll, we'll, get there. we'll be playing the coconut audio on, on the podcast. <laughs> Jesus, I wasn't ready for that. Um, okay. Why don't we? Why don't we take the quick stop over the Atlantic to uh, to the lads down London way? Yeah, you know. I think that looking at the Premier League, we both kind of suspected Man City and Arsenal are going to be there. Yeah. You know, I think we both suspected a Liverpool resurgence from last year, which we're we're seeing that. But Tottenham, man, they are a huge surprise. I think I announced them dead on arrival on our preview kickoff pod when they got rid of Kane. And fuck me, man. Um, I did not know what we were getting into with Ainge Postecoglou, and uh, it's he seems like somebody the players really, really like playing for and fighting for, and they seem to be having fun playing his style. Eric, I hate to tell you, but you're sounding like you're a little Ainge curious right now. Little Ainge, little Ainge curious, little Ainge curious. Yeah, they are playing phenomenally well. I mean. Dummy Manu went toe to toe with a, with a good Arsenal team. They look good. Their midfield is really good, overpowering people. I mean, and they've they've had some like oh down late situations to teams that are not of their caliber, and they've fought back and taken you know taken late leads. You, you've kind of seen that they're up for the scrap, which has been something seriously lacking of Tottenham teams over the course of a season or a half season, uh, really since the downfall of Pochettino uh, when he got run out. We have talked on this podcast before about, well, we haven't talked, we've talked about the Cubs before about Harry Kane being a serial loser. They removed Harry Kane from the team. The team has looked the best it has in years. Since the, since the Champions League run, I think. And this is where I think people struggle with this concept of the disease of defeat. <laughs> I can't wait for the book, don't I? <laughs> I was playing pickleball today, and somebody mentioned we had to defeat the disease of, the disease of defeat. And I was just like, you gotta be fucking kidding me. Harry Kane is individually a very talented player. Only an idiot would dispute his individual talent. Harry Kane has also never won anything. That is not even disputable. He's a loser. He's a very, very talented loser. He's an L7 weenie. (laughs) You got rid of Harry Kane, and sometimes... It's addition by subtraction. 
You got rid... Because, I mean, that guy... Bayern Munich have won the German Super Cup like six of the last seven times. Harry Kane joins Bayern. Bayern immediately loses the German <laughs> Super Cup. Harry Kane leaves Tottenham. I am not going to let you throw all that on Harry Kane. Tuchel was there too. Fair. But... Somehow Tuchel did win a Champions League. <laughs> That's <laughs> And you know what's funny? Remember when he won that and I was like, fuck, I've lost this battle? <laughs> Didn't, you, who would have thought? Who would have thought? That, that was a comeback of the ages. That, that, that was actually Gates v. Tuchel. Gates losing the pivotal battle that turned the tides. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. That, um, that is a good point. But, but do you see you, what I'm saying about, like, you remove Harry Kane and the team's identity is different. The team's swagger is different. Yes. I I, I do worry that they are purely running off of vibes and spite right now. Mm. Which I, that's almost all I feel myself on. Specifically spite more so than vibes. And it burns hot, but it can burn fast and leave you crashing afterwards. They need to bring in a striker in the winter. Like, if they want to stay where they're at and push even further up the table, they need they need a proper striker. Richarlison is not it. Uh, I was happy to see him score after being very open about like the just like the mental anxiety and stress that not performing has made him go through to then see him score and celebrate was really cool. Uh, but like they're playing Sonny at striker, which you're not getting max Sonny potential if he's not out wide. Um, but they look like they're up for it and they, they, they could be in a good spot come January and then they don't need like a, a world-class striker, but they need somebody who can allow Sonny to play wide left and with Charleston to have a lot less pressure on him. Yeah. Um, so, okay. Will you agree to this? If Bayern Munich doesn't win the Bundesliga, you have to write the foreword of the Disease of Defeat book. Okay, I will, but <laughs> I, I get... What do you get? I, get? I get full reign to write, as long as it's about this Bayern Munich team and the Disease of Defeat, what I write is is good, like it like it's fair game. <laughs> You're just gonna go after Tuchel. <laughs> no, not just. I I will I will 100 call out the funniest thing that could ever happen, which is Harry Kane not winning the league after making a move to a league winning team uh, that always wins the league. I, I will definitely cover that. Okay, but the, but that'll be more uh, comedy and observational. The victory will be in the Tuchel part. Okay, fair, 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 fair. Um, I've always wanted to be published. It'll be it'll be a self-published work. <laughs> um, yeah, Tottenham. I just thought they really deserve kind of the highlight. I mean, there's nothing. A else lot of fun. Manu's still bad. That, there is there, the there is there. there is a club that also is worthy of of a call out and praise. And we've we said it maybe at this point last year too. Um, it's just really from a neutral perspective, 
um, a league agnostic. It's really exciting to see what Brighton keeps doing mm. these last three, four years. I mean, they're in third place in the table six games through. They're yeah. three points behind league leaders Manchester City. Um, their talent scout and development system is perfect because, Donnie, what they do is they find and develop players for their system. They create system players, sell them to Chelsea for 5 million euros or pounds, and then are okay because they've already grown that next person in the system. And I think Deserby is a very, very fun, exciting manager. Their style of play is pleasing to watch. Um, I know it's you probably want me to stop bloviating about this after the United Brighton game a few weeks back, but like it's just from from somebody whose primary team is not in this league, they are a story that I think is also worth mentioning. And then there's another story worth mentioning, but they don't they're not getting positive accolades. Chelsea. <laughs> They're getting accusations of combination because Rob Brighton sit third in the table. Chelsea sit 14. Chelsea are... I am shocked that they're this bad. With just giving, for, you're bringing in Poach, giving the investment, I am shocked that they're this bad. It, it like Mathematically, it should not be feasible that they have been performing as bad as they have been. And like I get it. They have had a... You know, them and United have had a huge list of, you know, first team injuries. But when you've spent that much money, you have your you should have the depth to survive an injury crisis. Yeah. And they scored one goal in September, and it was today in the League's Cup against was it like Ipswich or somebody? Uh, who did they play? Brighton. Oh, they play Brighton? Okay. No, then it was against... Yeah, they played Brighton. You're right. Um, but one goal in, in September. None in the league. And none in European competition because they ain't in it. <laughs> True. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think other than, you know, what we've already talked about, everything else is kind of the usual suspects, more or less. Yeah. Uh, note, noteful... Uh, Tyler Adams been injured all season long, uh, made a substitute debut appearance for Bournemouth in the Carabao Cup today. They're, you know, 17th in the league table. They've got three draws and three losses. So with those kinds of performances, there should be opportunities for him to, to get in and get some serious minutes as he gets healthy. I'm always a sucker for the American in, in the relegation side. Uh, love watching that all season long and having my heart broken. Yeah. Manchester and Newcastle are kind of stuttering. You know, they're, we've seen moments. From Newcastle? From, from, from Newcastle, we saw sure. some moments. Sure. Um, from United, we've not really seen some moments, but... Hypothetically, the bones might be there. Um, the broken bones. We're missing ten guys to injury. Yeah. You got Anthony on a um, domestic violence exile. You got Sancho on a stays up till four a.m. playing FIFA and showing up late to training exile. Won't apologize to the to the manager exile. But hey, you know what? Ten Hag threw a fucking family barbecue over the weekend, so everything is gun ho over here. 
Well, I wanted to actually ask you, we've talked about this off offline, so I know your opinion on this, but I want to talk to you, Donnie, have you tell the listeners about the importance of your goalkeeper being able to play the ball out of the back versus your goalkeeper being able to stop shots? Well, let me tell you, Eric, one of those things is the key characteristic of the position. The other one of those things is the key characteristic of the midfield position. I would like my goalie to be able to stop a ball. Just one. I'd like to see him make a save. Because he sucks. He has looked really bad. I don't know how Inter Milan tricked us. I don't know what sort of Italian shenanigans were at play. Like, I don't know. But um, Andre Onana looks horrible. He does I, I not look like a, a Manchester United goalie. I may have a little, and definitely not a 50 million pound goalie. Jesus. I've, and I've, De Gea is still unemployed, which shocks me. He just won the Golden Glove in the Premier League. I may have some insight. I think what you bought was the goalie playing behind a very, very good defense. Um, but, you know, we'll talk about the Milan Derby a little bit. Uh, hopefully not too much. Um, but Milan got dropped, but scored the first goal Inter had let up in like 400 minutes of, mm. of game time. And so, like, the defense is really good. And th- their defense has not really changed that much uh, over the past few years. So that's potentially... Onana may not have been facing a lot of mid-high percentage scoring opportunities. Which is why De Gea was perfect for Manu because he was facing a lot of opportunities and he was saving them. But here's what pisses me off. Onana's not the only goalie we bought over this window. We bought this young Turkish guy. I mean, young, he's 25. Altay Bandir... Well, fuck, after how many times does Onana have to let up three goals? And so, here's, okay, let me take you back to the Sancho thing. I understand Ten Hag's point of view, because Sancho had the same problem. People want to, you know, with because it's Manchester United, it's always going to get blown to a different level of proportion. But Sancho also had these issues when he was at Dortmund, mm-hmm. lest we forget. You know, staying up late playing FIFA, showing up late to training. Ten Hag doesn't like that kind of shit. Now, if that shit didn't happen, would I totally agree with Sancho's point that Ten Hag plays certain favorites like Anthony, who no matter how many times he played poorly, we'd never take him off. But, you know, yeah, you see what I'm saying? Yes. Sancho has a point there. Unfortunately, when you're late and 4 a.m., your point kind of gets lost. Yeah. Same thing with Onana. Like, why don't we give this... We fucking paid money for this other goalie. Throw him in there, because it cannot be any worse than what I'm watching right now. Throw him in there in the League Cup game against uh, Crystal Palace. Yesterday would have been a perfect game. It's the Carabao Cup, and it's Crystal Palace. No no offense. That's probably the only trophy we have a chance at winning, so... (laughs) And and, and, uh, your city rivals, knocked out, baby. I know. You know who you see we draw for the next round? Yeah. Fucking Newcastle, of course. You know who Liverpool got? Ipswich? Fucking Bar- Bournemouth, of course. Okay. I've got Ipswich in the mind, so I'm just kidding. They're my guess for anything. Um, yeah, it, it's, it's not tough. fun. 
But hey, Johnny Evans is back, so there's that. Hey, 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 hey. On the score sheet, Johnny Evans is but, back. But VAR ruled it out, unfortunately. But then he got the assist. I, I, he, got an, he got an assist afterwards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it was actually a great pass. Yeah, yeah. And a great volley. Yeah. So, let's just let... Can we just leave England? I mean, we can. Let's go. We don't have to. No, we have to. <laughs> you want to go to Italy? Or you want to go to Germany? I mean, we, let's go to Italy. Um, I'm, uh, okay. Rip the band-aid off. Right after the international break, which was a week and a half, two weeks ago or whatever, we had the Milan Derby. You know, fun game, historical significance. The top two teams in the league, both undefeated. And you know what, Donnie? If you're going to laugh, at least do it audibly, you son of a bitch. Okay, the reason I'm laughing is because I have watched Man U in recent years lose 5-0 to Liverpool, 7-1 to Liverpool, 6-1 to City, 6-3 to City. So I laugh because I truly, like, I know your pain at such a deep, like, at such a deep level. And the only thing I can do is just laugh, just knowing exactly what you're feeling now, and then laughing at myself for how many times I've experienced it so many times recently. That's why I laugh. I'm not laughing at your pain. I'm laughing at our shared experience and then my own pain. (laughs) Oh, you sad, sad clown. (laughs) Okay, so uh, Milan Derby happens, and well... It doesn't really go well. Um, the, it went really bad. It, it went really, really bad. In the, same ba- in the same way one would say that the Titanic's maiden voyage did not go well. Actually, very apt. Because like when they immediately left you know, left harbor, it seemed fine. Yeah, there were no icebergs in sight. No icebergs in sight. The end was not in sight either. You know, it was going to be a long time before we got to the end. A lot of a lot of journey to be had, and then, boy howdy, this game ended in a five-one drubbing. Uh, enter just fucking shit pumped Milan, and like no massive major like legit complaints about officiating or anything like that you know it was it was called i thought fairly evenly you know could have had a yellow card earlier in the game for chalanoglu just because of persistent fouling but that would not have tipped the scales in any way shape or form right um five one and it brought back to mind that milan Inter have played five times in 2023 and have and Milan have lost all five which that is a rough stat you know it's like it's you can't blame somebody for like a freak occurrence of playing your your key rival that many times over just you know within one calendar year uh not or maybe, maybe five times in a year no I think it's five times in 2023 but like you can't no, it was five times in 2023 because yeah. you guys played the two legs in the Champions League. You guys played in the Cup. You guys played what your second league meeting. Uh, the Cup is two, is two legs. So four. The second leg. So two legs. The Italian Cup. Uh, Champions League. 
the oh yeah so it'd be six no maybe no maybe maybe i'm wrong maybe i'm misremembering um the cup is only two legs at a certain stage and then once you get to the semis it's single i think so we only play them once in the italian cup yeah uh sorry guys uh dude math for you right there that's what you call and, bad podcasting. <laughs> and we are not editing it out. No, we're not. We had to sit through it, so you had to sit through it, dear listener. Anywho, um, so that's about it. We're done, right? We don't, we're, we're, we don't have to cover this anymore. Um, 0-5 in a year is one thing. Five straight Derby losses is is arguably inexcusable. And... Four of the eight biggest losses in the Milan Inter Derby have come to Milan under Pioli. Not this isn't this isn't the eight biggest Milan losses to Inter. It's either team's biggest losses. Four of the eight of top eight are under Pioli with Milan, and that's a pattern. Both of those are a pattern are a worrisome pattern and in circles that are not as crazy as may have sounded a few weeks prior, like calls for removal are valid. It's a valid conversation to be had. Oh, I totally disagree. I don't even think, I think the conversation is heinous. It is you. The conversation is worth having. And uh, management had a conversation with Pioli after the derby. I don't think they were like, do X, Y, or Z, and you're, or you're fired, but I think they were like, this is Milan. This is, an, is unacceptable. You don't have to tell somebody, you know, that their ass is on the line, especially if their ass isn't on the line, to apply appropriate pressure. Do you know what you would call an AC Milan team that lost to Inter in both league meetings 10-0 both times and won every other game? You'd call them champions. Yes, but we but but we haven't done that either. Well, you, you, he, Pioli brought you guys back to the promised no, land. But we, but we haven't won every other game except for the, 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 the losing to... But right now, you're tied on level of points with Inter. Yes. That is true, which so means this, we are... So, so which, the conversation... The conversation is heinous! Which means we are a point behind. Because, because of tiebreaker. The, 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 the tiebreaker's head-to-head, yes. we're not catching a four-goal uh, head-to-head tiebreaker gap. Yes. We are a point behind. But you guys are right there. We are right there. And, and that's why I said, like, I'm, I'm not calling for Pioli to be ousted. I'm not cursing his name in the streets. I think it is reasonable for people who consider themselves interested in covering this game and this league and this team, it is reasonable for them to have this conversation because, like, I think it's a reasonable conversation. I think there are people who have your opinion that is incredibly valid. But it is okay for other people to have a different opinion. See, you're actually proving my point. You having your opinion is proving my point, because it's not—it's not cause for dismissal. It's not cause for the sack, but it warrants us having a five-minute conversation about what is expected and what is required of Milan. No, listen, I get it. You can't be losing to your fucking rival. 
I, I do fundamentally understand that. But I also think that, like, that versus what the success he's had, taking you back to the summit of Serie A, taking you to a semifinal of a Champions League, like, yeah. like I would totally, like, if you take away, like, let's say that year when you guys won Serie A, y'all finished second. Mm-hmm. To me, now all of a sudden, absolutely, we're having a very valid conversation. But banners fly forever, baby. And I just, as a guy who hasn't gotten to that part where you get back to winning, mm-hmm. I, I could not, I just could not fathom thinking that even the conversation was valid given what Pioli has done at Milan. You know, and, and I'm just, yeah, yeah. that's just, we're just, we're just chatting here. No, that's um, very fair. And like, I, given if I had my call, he, he'd still be there, which he is. So like, there, it, it, it's, this is all just bullshitting and rank speculation. Uh, what we, uh, what we, what we specialize I think, in I, here. I think, I think I majored in that in college. Uh, <laughs> rank speculation. The, uh, the, I, I texted you about this too. There is one person that I would be doing like spycraft level back channeling uh, around just to like gauge interest and see if the water is warm. And that would be somebody who was on the books at Milan, was a youth player at Milan, never played for the senior team, but loaned out several times. Um, just see how Roberto De Zerbi is liking life in, in Brighton, how he's liking life in, in England. And if he misses the homeland at all, um, just, keep tabs on on an option that would if you did move on from Pioli, that would be an acceptable way. You know, if you moved on from Pioli and brought in a different candidate, not him, but somebody who is available and would reasonably accept, you're not you're not upgrading on Pioli and you're probably not sidestepping either. You're downgrading. And so like, no, not a chance. Should we talk about Napoli? We really need to talk about Napoli. Be, not because of their performance or anything. Um, they are the, the you know holders of the competition. They have a little Scudetto on their jerseys, which is always a fun tradition that the holders of the previous title get to wear the, the Scudetto for, the, for that year. Uh, but more importantly, we should talk about one of the players wearing the jersey and how that club has treated him just recently as like two days ago. Um, we're, if you're unaware, we're talking about uh, their star striker, Victor Oshiman, who got subbed off over the weekend or last midweek or something and had was, was very outspoken about his disappointment in the new manager's uh, substitution strategy and tactics. You know, I feel like this is always the age-old conversation. We see this happen in soccer all the time. As a manager, I don't want a guy on my team who's happy about being subbed off. I'm okay with guys getting pissed off when they're subbed off. Especially a strike, like somebody who like like is the goal scorer mentality. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so in response to a player complaining about something that almost every, actually, I'll say every player. At the top flight level, if you YouTube through every substitution, there's one where they're pissed off and it's visible. So, something every player does. Every player gets mad. These guys are gamers. They're, they're, 
the best at what they do. Does Napoli respond in a just, you know, let's just play it cool. Let's not blow this thing up out of proportion way. No. They post two TikTok videos. The first TikTok video basically makes fun of Oshiman for missing a penalty in a Napoli game, which is kind of a self-own as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, you're a player. Your player yeah. missed a penalty for your team. The second video they posted. I'm going to just play the audio of this. I just have no other way to do this. But it shows it's Victor's Oshiman's head on a coconut. And, you know, I really had the audio <laughs> pulled up on my phone. And I'm going to have to find it. So we're just going to have to ramp here for a second as I find this video. Um, when I first saw the video, this was my real life. Just so you know how I reacted to the video before we play it, this was my real life response to the video. The coconut video, period. What in the fuck did I just watch? And we'll be playing that audio for you now. This is even insulting. I don't know what to make of this. It, it's definitely not not insulting. I know, Eric, but it's like it's a, it's and such you, a juvenile. It's so it's literally I'm a coconut, coconut. I'm not a boy. I'm not a girl. I'm a coconut. Like, you know how you know it's insulting because they deleted it. <laughs> is there a bigger culpability of guilt than deleting the thing that you posted? Okay. I understand they intended it to be insulting. It came off very fucking goofy to me. What are they doing? I have no idea. He is their most important player. Yep. He's their best asset in terms of sale value, and they're just pissing him off. And, and he's a coveted asset, both domestically and across the continent yes and I mean uh, shortly after these videos were uploaded and, and then Jeez. deleted eventually um, it came out that Oshiman is speaking with lawyers about potentially filing a lawsuit against uh, the club um, I have to imagine this was like a social media manager who runs the TikTok account just did this and when somebody with a half a fucking brain saw it, they were like, delete this immediately, right? Like, there's there's no way that, like, I mean, who knows? Who the fuck knows? But, like, it does, at this point, it doesn't matter. Um, you've got somebody who speculation was there could be cause for him to leave last summer after the, the title win. Uh, he stayed probably because Napa was going to ask for King's Ransom plus a little bit for him. I mean, does he do things fester and bubble to where he pushes for a January transfer? That would be brutal to Napoli. I will does, say that he he did play in their most recent game after this and scored. Yes, and scored and had a very muted celebration. True, and took off all of the Napoli like pictures and stuff off his Instagram. Re re removed the photos of him celebrating the Scudetto win in in his Napoli kit. 
off off the socials, off the Insta. So it's it's not great. Um, you know, it, it, this is this is a total self inflicted uh, player drama that Napoli now have with a new coach. Yep. And you know, Kavadashelia, the breakout player of the year last year, um, he's also been outspoken about this coach's like substitution tactics and and, and strategy so far. Um, he's somebody that people are like, okay, maybe they'll hold on to, to one, lose the other. You could kind of see if things sour, that can spread in the locker room. And you could see a, a mass exodus from a team that dominatingly won the Italian league last year. Yeah, that's going to be definitely one for us to keep an um, eye on and keep track of. I do, in terms of keeping an eye on and keeping track of things in, in the Italian league, I would just like to ask you, my good friend Donnie, your thoughts on Roma's you know early season so far. Only five games in for them. Some have played six. Only they're the only team in Serie A to put seven past another team this season. So the offense yeah. is clicking. The offense is is definitely clicking. Uh, they've scored twelve goals this season, so they've got five goals in in the four games. So that's you know around a goal, a goal a game outside of their outlier. If we want to. Want to want to play that? Interesting. I once used the same logic against you to talk about why uh, Luka Jovic was overpaid for and not ready for the big stage because when you take out the game where he scored five goals, his goal scoring record wasn't that impressive, and you you ignored me then. But now here we are, and you want to use this against me? You want to turn this on me? It's disgraceful. I, I didn't I didn't ignore you. I just um, <laughs> you know kind of thought maybe you wouldn't remember that. I see what's um, happening here. Look, I didn't pick Roma for my top four at the end of the day. So it doesn't no, you matter. Didn't. You didn't. But you definitely want them to. Oh, yeah. <laughs> There's so many main you guys on that team. <laughs> I still care about Chris Smalling there. I said it. Oh, uh, who, who's the other main you guys? Like, is, is he the only one now? Um, didn't what's his face there? Mkhitaryan went to enter. No oh, shit. Maybe. I'm assuming that's he meant by what's his face. Yeah, that's exactly yeah. what I meant. Clearly showed you how much I gave a fuck about him. <laughs> um, I mean, there's too small. Well, I guess Jose's a former man. You got now. <laughs> so they're uh, they're 14, but they've they've still got their uh, sixth game on this match week six to play. Uh, they have but, so many guys we've liked over the years. They got Renato I, Sanchez. I They've they got, got El Trichy. They got Rom. Yeah. I, I know, I know, but here's the problem: they have Jose Mourinho, and it's his third year. Yep. And it, I'll, you know what? I don't know. They could very easily stabilize, go on a run, and have a good showing. I do feel confident in saying that they're not going to push for a title. Well, duh. I do feel confident that we have the potential. For a Jose third season powder keg flame out disaster class, yeah, but it's not guaranteed. He needs, and he needs to just go s- coach the U.S. men's team now. Give me that chaotic fucking villain. Give me that heel. I would love that so much. Um, I do. Not, I never want to see Roma relegated. Yeah, the league. The league would shine less bright without them. But I would love to see Jose's final season. He's got Roma in a relegation battle in Syria. Fair play. Shall That's we... everything I got for Italy. 
That yeah, all I had was the coconut video. Oh, um, I had one thing to say. A lot of people um, on the interwebs are talking about Rafael Leal's slow start to the season, and I like to push back against that a little bit, just with some facts. This does not account today's game. This is before today's yeah, game. Which he didn't start because we were we were rotating and resting. Yeah. In five games, he has three five league games. He has three goals, one assist, and a penalty drawn. So he's accounted for five goals in five games. That's just his slow start. Just wanted to throw that out there. Yeah, and like he actually had a, low, a slow start last season. This is not a slow start. No. Um, what? And it's like he, he's he's doing fine. Yeah, yeah. Um, and this is this team is not last season's team. You're not going into every single game knowing that you have to start one of Alexis Salamakers or Junior Macias. Like, yeah, the team is able to function without him more. We played a game today against a team that went one up on us, and even before they scored, this is Cagliari, before they scored, we're parking all 11 players behind the ball on defense. Hit us on the counter, and that's not a good sign, right? Because now they can even be you know, more defensive, more counterattacking. Uh, scored three goals without layout. Subbed him in, didn't end up doing anything, didn't need to do anything. Um, but like we, this game last year... You probably ends up a Milan loss or at best a Milan draw. Yeah. So he doesn't have to deliver everything. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm not concerned. And those that are complaining about a slow start are fucking idiots. Yeah, it's, it's just objectively not a slow start. Our boy Pulisic had an assist today. He also almost ha- he kind of had a you know he, he didn't have an assist but he played a good ball in that the, the goalie f- fucked up and fell to Okafor uh, so he helped create a goal and created a goal. Nice to see. Good to see. Okay, you want to go to there, we have nothing to say about the French league. I'm just gonna throw that out there. So do you want to go to La Liga or the Bundesliga next? Let's go to La Liga. I want you to tell me everything about their league leaders. Girona, a man, one of the Manchester City group's subservience. Yeah. Did not see them being in the lead at 19 points. Real Madrid in second at 18. Barcelona at 17th. And many, many games in hand is Atletico Madrid in seventh. But they have two games in hand, which is pretty significant. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's if they, you know, if they take them both, that's six points. And that gets them to fourth place only three points off the lead, only one point behind Barcelona. So, like, there's... They're, they're, they're only out of the picture visually because of how their schedules play out. Storylines. Jude Bellingham is a god. He's great. His start to his career at Real Madrid matches is better than everyone, anyone else who started a crowd at Real Madrid and except for one, Cristiano Ronaldo. That's a few good players, though. Yeah. A few casually okay guys. Yeah, um, I, I forgot. I forgot which Barcelona player it is, but you hear somebody ask them about uh, Bellingham's start, and and they're like, "I guess he's just like a bit of a uh... oh fuck, I'm I, I'm blanking on the oh the quote. No, it was something to the the tune of like he's a fashionable player uh, because everything just falls to him in the box, and he just happens to be there to capitalize on it." And it's like, so we're giving no credit to him positioning himself 
in those spots, those most likely and advantageous spots. And on mo- a lot of these times, I'm scoring off of scrap, not my words. Um, he's also been heavily involved in the build-up play to create the opportunities, too. And it's also, he's not scoring the fourth goal in a 4-0 win. He's scoring the game winner in the 88th minute. It, like, no, get the fuck out of here, dude. The dude is transcendent right now. Yeah, he's That's the storyline. We talked about Girona and their city groups. That's the storyline. Eric, there is one storyline that troubles me most of all. Oh, Sergio Ramos went back to his boyhood club, Sevilla. That's a fun yeah, storyline. That's fun. But this is, is, it most... that Celt- is it is the, the most uh, concerning storyline is that Celta Vigo are currently in a bit of a relegation scrap. Yes, now they have a game in hand amongst some of the teams that are within three points of them, and it's still early. But this is how you know it's bad. I'm going to take you back to September 23rd, four days ago. Barcelona-Celta Vigo. You know what this means. Celta Vigo came to play. And they did. Going into the 80th minute, they were up 2-0. And then Lewandowski scored in the 81st minute. Then he equalized a few minutes later. Then Cancelo scored the winner in the 89th minute. I'm always okay with Celta Vigo losing to the Mallorcas and Las Palmas and, you know, those teams. That's fine. But they always have to take points from the big boys. And what concerns me is not so much their position... But that them throwing away a two-goal lead against one of the big teams in La Liga. Because that's what they play for. I would like to call out our boy, Luca De La Torre, did have an assist for Celta Vigo in this game. Which is cool. But That is very cool. But yeah, it's not looking good. You know, four losses, one win, one draw, uh, six games into the season. Yeah, you'd like to see more from perennial uh, pains and asses that Celta Vigo have been. Yeah. It's you know, I'm worried I'm about not, Celta Vigo. I'm not pressing the panic button yet. I've, mm-hmm. I've located where it is. Where it is, You know, I, I found it under all the loose papers and envelopes on my desk. I found the panic button, but I'm not pushing it yet. They're yeah. fighters. Yeah. So I'm just, I'm just a little scared there. Also, Atletico Madrid dummied Real Madrid 3-1 in the Madrid Yeah, Derby. that was not good. Well, if you're a Real fan. It's good if you're Just give me one more Simeone La Liga win and then bring him to Man U. I'm, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm at the point where that's the nuclear option, baby. Um, in, okay, the nuclear option would not just be Simeone, but it would be pressing implode on the, on the roster, too. Yes. But I think you kind of want that anyways. Yes. And Simeone. I want them both. Yeah, you want both. I want, I want, I want the true, it's the true nuclear option. Yeah. We start just ripping apart the roster and we bring in Simeone to rebuild it in his image. His oh devilish, God. devilish image. The fucking dark art and the image. This would be like in Harry Potter when they turn uh, defense against the dark arts class into dark arts class. When yes. Take over the school. Exactly like that. All right. The Bundesliga. Donnie, take a bow. It's early. It's early. But so far, Leverkusen are fucking cooking. So fucking good. That game they had against Bayern a couple weeks ago was one of the best games of the year so far. Leverkusen could have won it. It was very exciting. I had a lot of money on different things. That all worked out as well. 
Um, dude, these Ni- what is it with Nigerian strikers named Victor? Victor Boniface, I think, has six Bundesliga goals already. He's ripping it. They have one of the most exciting young right backs in Frimpong in the game. He's ripping it. Their uh, left back scored against Bayern Munich in that game. They look awesome. The way they play is awesome. People are already saying Xabi Alonso is going to be at Real Madrid next year. That's that's the rumor I've, I've heard, is that with Don Carlo going to Brazil um, after the season, Xabi Alonso is lined up. I mean, it's interesting. It's interesting. He's got Pyro Leverkusen are cooking. They are level on points with top-of-table Bayern, only trailing them by three goal differential points. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it, it's, it was a little more concerning, I think, before the last run of games, but like because like Dortmund were looking pretty bad uh, mm-hmm. table-wise. They sit six, but they're only two points behind Bayern. So, you know, we've got a bit of a logjam uh, at that, that top cohort of teams in the table. You got Leipzig, you've got Hoffenheim, Stuttgart, and Dortmund. But Stuttgart striker has ten goals already. That's sick. League goals. Ten league goals. That is sick. Yeah. Isn't it? I love to, I love to see that. The Bundesliga is not boring right now. It's not a boring Liga at this exact moment in time. So are you telling me that you think that it's possible that a, te- a different team will win the title? Okay. In years past, it's never been possible because Borussia Dortmund has just taken team. it doggy style by the disease of defeat. Uh-huh. But if it's, and, if they, and they've always been the team that, like, if somebody is going to dethrone Bayern, it will be Dortmund. And it, and it, and it can't be Dortmund, Dortmund because Dort- of Dortmund. So... You're saying that you may, you may, not saying you believe, but you're open to believing. If Leverkusen are within four points come December, meaning, you know, they have been consistent for half a season, yeah, then going into the second half of the season, I am putting all my chips in on Leverkusen. Because they're awesome. The way they play is awesome. And you know what? That Bayern draw, I think Leverkusen walked out of that game even though they had the late equalizer, they walked out the unhappier team because fuck, they should have won that game. They they saw that a god can bleed. Exactly. They didn't believe in themselves, but then like I could tell the first half of that game they actually did not believe in themselves. But as that game drew, man, and I don't know, Xabi Alonso is a fucking handsome guy too. He's so handsome. He, he looks great. He, he looks is, he so some, good. Some people don't look as good when they transition from player to manager. Wayne Rooney. He looks great. He is so fat right now. I mean, you always knew Rooney was like, when he was no longer playing such a cardiovascular intensive sport, he was just going to maintain the same diet, possibly. He was not laying off the sauces. No, no, no. He he was crossing the sauces. Um, Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Also, not just do Leverkusen look good and look like they, you know, Neo moment, they're starting to believe. Seasons past, Bayern haven't had Harry Kane on their roster. Exactly. But he, I mean, he, he, he's scoring goals. He, he, he's, he's always scored goals. goals. He's always scored goals. goals. He's always scored goals. But he never wins a fucking trophy. It'll be, I mean, something's a, gonna, Eric, he's something, 0 for 70. He's had 70 attempts. 
something's going to give. Something will give this year. One, one of two things will happen. He will either win a trophy or Bayern will not win the – it would be so funny if they don't win the league but they like end up winning the Champions League or something. It just – I would find that incredibly comical because in what world is a Bayern squad good enough to win the Champions League that can't win their, their own league? That would be fascinating and infuriating. And it would be it, – it would, it would really – really hurt me with my whole Tuchel battle. So I don't, I don't, don't care yeah. for it. But. Yeah. Okay. Speaking of Champions League. Nice. <laughs> Shall we uh, talk about it? Shall we preview it? Shall we make our predictions? I have my handy dandy notebook here to write down our, our predictions. As people may know, we had Champions League play last week. Uh, so every team has played one match. Yes. I don't think the one match is going to impact my... No. It never no. has every other year we've done this after one match. Yeah. Um, but I, I want... Like, we are aware that, that it is, the competition has started. Yes. Okay. Starting with Group, Group A. a. Yeah, let's, go off, let's go alphabetical. Group A. We've got Bayern Munich. Mm. And I'm just going by current group standing. Mm. We have Bayern Munich, FC Copenhagen, Galatasaray, and Manchester United. Mm. United opened up at Bayern. That's the toughest assignment that you got in the group stage. Um, so it was a loss for United, a win for Bayern, and then Copenhagen. Well, no, 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 not, not that simple. It was a 4-3 Bayern win. Man, you actually looked decent. And then Onana decided that a fucking cone in his position would have saved the ball that he didn't save. I do think a cone would have would have deflected the ball, at least back into play. So that's what happened. It was it was as howler as howlers get. But you know what? I will say that Casemiro since that game has looked very good. And I mean, he he brought his goal scoring boots in that game. He did. So, yes. Um, In Copenhagen and Galatasaray tied. Here's the good news for you guys. Hit me. Like, there were other teams to be drawn into those those last two spots that I think could would, would present a tougher challenge than than where you're at. Yes. And therefore, I I still think Bayern win the group, United make it through in second. Hmm. I'm sure you have United in third, but we'll get there. Yes, um, I have Bayern in first and Galatasaray from the Turkish Super League in second. I actually have Man U coming out of the group. Oh, you do? Yep. Okay. I, it, while I, I expect them to come out of the group, but it also would not shock me if they finished third. Well, and I know how much respect you have for the Turkish Super League. That's been well documented on this podcast. Yeah. Um, but no, that seems right. Um, I think that they should do the business against Copenhagen and Galatasaray. And the team can't get more injured. It can only become less, I mean, less injured. So, you know, also, my new Baldy looked like a phenomenal left back to the other day. Yeah, I mean, he's not a left back, but we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. Yeah. Um, We're talking about 
Amrabat, the Fiorentina transfer, you know, in classic United fashion, didn't get done until the end of the window. So that he's been late uh, fitting into the squad. And hurt. And hurt. Nice little double, double company. Yep. Um, yeah, I think that's how that group should go, but it wouldn't shock me if Galatasaray finished second because, man, you just pooped all over themselves. And honestly, if you know, there's actually only one way I see that happening. You guys beat Bayern at Old Trafford, but then poop on your hands and rub it on your face against like Galatasaray, and then you draw at Copenhagen, and Galatasaray end up ahead of you on one point or goal differential or something. Yeah, something stupid. Like, yeah. Like, if you guys don't make it out, I do think you beat Bayern. Which would only make it funnier. The way it works. Alright. Continuing in alphabetical order, going to group B. We have Arsenal, Lens, Sevilla, and PSV, home of not one, not two, but three US men's national team players. Also, I didn't realize this is the home of Chucky Lozano, who made the move there after kind of being relegated to a a more often than not bench sub for Napoli in their title season. Yeah. Um, Arsenal opened this group up by drubbing PSV. Um, and Lenz and Sevilla drew. I have Arsenal and Sevilla coming out of this group. Same. Um, but I have Sevilla topping it. Oh. Eric. Because... I like a little spice. You do, I was here. So you're a spicy boy. All right. Yeah, fair enough. Group C has some intrigue on an, uh, just like a you know large brand scale, but also some intrigue um, on a feel-good story and a little U.S. men's national team twist. So we've got Napoli, Real Madrid, Braga, and Union Berlin or Onion Berlin, I believe I was told one time that's how I should be saying it. Uh, obviously, the, the big brand is Real Madrid. Napoli's not terribly far behind them, but significantly far behind them in terms of that global brand recognition. Uh, but those are the two powerhouses mm. in, in this group. Napoli, the winners of Serie A, and Real Madrid, most winningest Champions League team in competition history. But then we've got Brendan Aronson, our boy, on a season-long loan from Leeds to Union Berlin, making their first ever Champions League uh, appearance. And the fans are up for it. The fucking fans are up for it. They gave Real all they could handle. Uh, but your boy, G. Bellingham, had to break our collective hearts in like the 88th minute. Dude, G, uh, he's so hot right now. <laughs> In a, in a goal that, you know, he fell to him in the box, he just slotted it home, no problem. But, like, he made an intelligent run. He was in the right spot and was there for the scrap that that, that came to him off of a deflection, off of a shot. Like, props to him. Um, I think Union Berlin's first home game is going to be sick. Yeah. And, like, I, I mean, they're gonna, I think they're going to they're gonna give Braga – a, you know, I think a not a fun welcoming to Germany, and I could see the Napoli players, especially if there's a little discontent in the locker room. I could see that being an uncomfortable trip to Germany. D- 
Dude, the next... I've just had this thought. This was the most ADD moment. I'm so sorry. If Victor Osherman, next time he scores, he should just rip out a fucking coconut. Yeah, and drink you. from it. That I would be so to, badass. I need you to remove yourself from the coconut. <laughs> Honestly, since we watched the video... It's all been, you've been thinking about. <laughs> truly, I've been on autopilot thinking about the coconut. How awesome would it be if he just ripped out a coconut? I mean... You know I love props. <laughs> Especially in the bedroom. <laughs> Only when you're celebrating what's been done. Um, okay. I have Real Madrid and Napoli coming out of the group in that order. I do too. I really wanted to, to believe in Union, Union Berlin, but that feels like the thing I really want to happen. And I, and, and I way too often pick that to try to manifest it, and it never manifests it, so... Uh, Real tops, Napoli second. I think, though, it's going to come down. Like, Napoli will have a path towards uh, elimination in the final game. Yes, yes. I think it'll be close. All right. Group D. Salzburg. Inter Milan. Real Social Dad, a.k.a. Real Sociedad. And historic European powerhouse Benfica. Really interesting makeup of the group right now after the first game. Absolutely. And, you know, it's it's just a group that you see it and you're like, oh, okay, you've got my attention, right? I'm, I'm not drawn to it as like, oh, this is, a, this is the group of death or this is, insert interesting storyline here, but inter, internet, inter, great, we've got a bad guy, somebody to root against. Sign me up. Salzburg. There's a lot of goodwill both in the U.S. as well as kind of internationally about you know some of their fun showings and runs in this, this competition in years past. Uh, Benfica, love a Portuguese powerhouse. Let's go, baby. And then my favorite team nickname in all of the sport, Real Social Dad. Yeah. There's nothing more I could ask for. Plus uh, – the social daddies drew enter uh, in that that opening game. Um, so interesting, you know. It's not necessarily going to be a walk in the park for enter, though. I do have them advancing. Who do you have them advancing with? I have them advancing with Schausberg. Ooh, so this is our first difference in terms of team. You know, we had a slightly different order, but this is our first difference. I have no. I have Real Sociedad advancing. In the, that two spot? Yeah. Okay, so yeah, but both inner top in the group. Inner top, yeah. This is a, this was a, the next few groups are actually harder. Are, 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 the next three groups are the hardest for me to pick the second team in. And, and if you told me to, like, in Group D, final match day, all four teams could advance – or all four could get eliminated, I'd buy it. Yeah. Yeah. All group right. E. Yep. What do we got in Group E? Um, holding Dutch champions, Feyenoord. Mm. Heard that right? Not Ajax. Feyenoord. Atletico Madrid, mm-hmm. Masters of the Dark Arts. Lazio of Italy. And Celtic. Fuck Celtic. <laughs> well, good for... Lucky for you, they are in last place right now. Yeah, they're fucking themselves. 
Um, okay. This is kind of a fun one, too. I think it's 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 much more open. Mm-hmm. Wait, have... and honestly, we have to call out the coolest thing that happened. So far, my favorite goal of the season. Uh, Atletico Madrid up one nothing in stoppage time against Lazio. Oh, yeah. And they have a uh, set piece, and they bring up the keeper. Set piece goes in, defense clears it. Lazio retained possession, and the keeper makes like a slightly delayed run in the box. And uh, uh, Lazio put it on a dime on a platter, and Providel, the keeper, just heads it straight in the net, like not even a, a beautiful question. header. It was a perfect header. Um, he's a tall guy. Apparently, before he became goal a keeper, he actually played a little a little striker. So I guess he had some of that muscle memory uh, built in. And love a goalie goal. Love a goalie goal. How could you not? All right. In this one, I have Atletico Madrid topping the group, and I have Fair Nude coming out in second. Uh-huh. Righto, righto. I have Atletico Madrid topping mm-hmm. the group, and I'm gonna. I, I think I don't think they're gonna go f- advance after the knockout round, but I think Lazio do make it through in second. All right, the group. Of death. Paris Saint-Germain. They're pretty good. Newcastle, a.k.a. Bloodcastle. They got a lot of money. AC Milan. Oh, us. <laughs> Borussia Dortmund. Hey, I've heard of them. The only thing I know about this group... Gun to my head, Borussia Dortmund's not getting out of it. That's <laughs> <laughs> just... They are just so succumbed. To the, they're just they're just fucked. I do want to to say that this is the group before the draw happened in our friend group text. I said that Milan were going to draw PSG, Newcastle, and then the fourth team I I I, I predicted uh, was the only one I got wrong. But I was like, we're going to get PSG, we're going to get Newcastle because these uh, draws are fixed and i absolutely knew for a fact that tonali was going to return to play at uh San Zero. San Zero. and so was donnarumma <laughs> and let me tell you what lo and behold and and where i should have kept the dots they also set up christian pulisic returns to the west Fallenstad. true uh so this is the group of returns and opening week was interesting you know psg looked dominant Who's to say if that's an accurate reflection of a team that hasn't incredibly wowed their opening to their league season, or if it's really a combination of Dortmund who had a sluggish start to their league season. And then Milan pretty decently, I'd say, outplayed Newcastle from start to finish. Just they were the were, team who would go into the locker room much unhappier with the draw. And uh, that was it was a draw that felt like a loss. It was a home game against, you know, on paper, um, from the the pot system, the worst team in our group, and we had a lot. You know, it's not like we had open net and fluffed our lines kind of thing, 
but we had a string of chances, then they would come right after after the other, where like you need one of them to, to have gone in. And we probably had three or four runs of that. Do you want me to go first or do you want to go first? I'll go first. Go first. P- PSG PSG are top in this group. Yep. I have the same. Milan are gonna be in second. I have the same. That was easy. I, I had to go first because like I couldn't have you make that call and then it feel like I'm just following you. you no, know? that's fair. I, I, on I, my team, I had to call it. No, that's why. There's a reason why I asked you on this I, one. I appreciate versus you're a, consummate, you're a consummate gentleman. Come on, I'm a pro. We've been doing this for years. Actually. But I will say, um, Milan fans uh, applauded and chanted Sandra Tonali uh, with a, a chant in Italian of like Sandra Tonali, you're always one of us. Uh, he he grew up a Milan fan from a Milan family said that he, he was fairly confident his dad would be pulling for Milan in this game. That That's awesome. So, like, you know, that was fun. And I also in our soccer group chat, I said after this trial was announced, cannot wait for Tonali to be applauded and cheered by, by San Siro and for Donnarumma to be just absolutely crucified, which you know for a fact is yeah. going to happen. And there is some potential for some incredible moments there. Yeah. I'm very excited. This is an awesome group. Every game in this group is a must-watch game. At 100%. I know like, some like people... Like, as a neutral, every game is a must-watch game. Some, some people, like, you know, like to just watch, like, the Whip Around uh, Galazzo show. I like to multi-screen because I like to see every game in its... You know, every game that I watch, I like to watch in its entirety. Um, no, even, even if, you know, if this wasn't Milan, but if this was if this was United instead of Milan, right? Just swapping one in. Like, I'd be watching every single one of those games, yeah. no matter what, because there's just... Intrigue, spectacle, you know, historical glitz and, and, and European night glamour in there as well. Um, a lot of interest, a lot of intrigue. I'm terrified of Mbappe running down that left flank with with Calabria, who's not super pacey, um, having to have Dude, the games of life. I'm convinced this is why Pioli is playing Ruben Loftus-Cheek. I think Loftus-Cheek is going to be the Mbappe stopper. Can he keep up with him? No, but he can just body him. He can do enough. He can slow him down enough for Calabria to get in there. <laughs> or maybe, when, or maybe, Musa when well, he played right wing back. Well, let's say, and then when uh, when Lasicic has to be subbed at halftime because he's you know half a foul away from a second yellow red card. Right. You bring him. You bring a Musa who's got the motor, got the body, but I, I, I don't know. He's a mastermind. That'll also be fun. He's to cooking see something. It'll be fun to see the Hernandez brothers play against each other. That'll be really awesome. I hope Lucas starts just because, yeah. like, that's how. Yeah. I'm gonna. I'll have to look up um, if that's ever happened. Two brothers on opposite teams in the. Did the Boateng brothers ever play against each other in the Champions League? Yeah. Yeah. That's because cool. I wish Milan had signed Lucas so bad so they'd be together. The only thing better than brothers playing against each other is brothers <laughs> on the same team. One hundred percent. But, like, it will be fun when Teo makes a marauding run and, like, his brother goes to challenge him. One of them is going to win that battle. It, it, cool. Like, the way that they both play, it'll definitely happen. Oh, yeah. But it could, it could only happen once in the game. It, it's, it's, I get chills thinking about it. Also, nothing against Lucas Hernandez at all. Just that Teo Hernandez is just better. And the only person who doesn't see that is Didier Deschamps. But could you imagine... Megging your brother in the in a Champions League game, 
If I'm KO, I'm not even trying to score. I'm just trying to get out of there and making my brother. Which is actually why what the thing that Teo needs to do is lay the ball off when his brother plays him going on the solo run. Lay the ball off, set your teammate up for that ultimate goal. And like that would be like that like the the like five dimensional chess move. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm pumped. Oh, I'm already pumped. These next two groups I feel like are as about as straightforward as it gets. Yeah, we got RB Leipzig, who somehow always it feels like are drawing Man City in the. the but it works out for them because they because Man City gets nobody hard in their group. Yeah, that's the rule. That is true. You have to but make we, it as easy for Pep as possible. Well, we you know, whoa, whoa, Donnie, are you telling me that Red Star Belgrade are not a shoe in for advancement? No. What are. about young boys? Too young. Perfect. Yeah, if they were, if it was young men, they might have a chance. But young boys, I'm sorry. Um, Forever young boys. I mean, yeah, I think we're going to be in agreement on this one. I got yeah, City Leipzig. Oh no, not not Belgrade Leipzig. <laughs> yeah, yeah, City Leipzig. All right, that brings us to Group H, Barcelona, another team who always gets a very easy group. Well, because they're still grandfathered in from Pep, has to have an easy path. Good point. Good point. You got Barca, Porto, Shakhtar Donetsk, and Antwerp. Um, and, I, and I believe Shakhtar is still playing their home games in this competition in Poland. Yes. Because they can't play them in Donetsk. Correct. This group is currently poised as Barca in first, Porto in second, Shakhtar in third, and Antwerp in fourth. I have no reason to believe that that order is going to change when we get to the final match day. Yeah, it's not going to. Barca... Won their first game five nothing, uh, so they already have a comfortable lead on uh, goal differential at this point. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, Porto Porto will be interesting. They tend to show themselves well in this competition. You know, would have loved to see Taremi make the move to Milan. It, it fell through for hard to understand reasons, but. It, it is fun watching him play at Porto. Okay. I texted you that I said that I had a soccer take I wanted to give you on the pod. Yes. And now is that time to give this take as we are wrapping up our show here. I just find it very interesting. Let me back up a little bit. Don Carlo. Came into the Premier League having to go against Sir Alex Ferguson. Took a couple of Prem titles away from him. Respect. Jose Mourinho came into the Premier League against Sir Alex Ferguson. Had to win, had to, you know, won some Premier League titles off of him. Respect. Pep Guardiola did not even dream of coming to the Premier League until Sir Alex was not in the league anymore. I find that very interesting. What was he afraid of, Eric? What did he fear? Was he afraid that Sir Alex, though a very, very old man, still had a full head of hair? Possibly. Or did he just not think that he could compete with Sir Alex because Pep either needs one of the greatest players in the history of the sport to win or an unlimited amount of money? Here's what I think. I don't think he didn't think he couldn't compete. I'll let you untangle all those negatives that I used in that one. I think he thought, I don't have to compete. I can wait it out. 
He's an opportunist. I'll go to Germany. And do nothing. I'll go to Germany. And have some bra- have some have some pretzels and a bratwurst. And do absolutely nothing. He won league title. Cool. <laughs> I mean it might be worth pointing that out, depending on how the season plays out. But you may be right. He may have been worried that he couldn't take that on. I just think he never got that far in his calculus. He was like, I don't have to. Whenever I want to go to England, I will I get I will be able to go to England. Hmm. I just I just find it interesting that a lot of you know, Pep gets lauded as this great manager, but it's like yeah, a lot of current managers had the balls and were successful against the GOAT. And where was Pep? Doing nothing in Germany. It's interesting. It, it, it's interesting. It, it's, it is exactly the kind of beautiful thought to think up in the wake of their quad season or whatever they had last treble season last year. They did, they did a treble, not a quad, right? They technically had a treble. Yeah, at a very technical level, um, when you account for the amount of money it took for them to achieve that trouble, you almost have to say that it didn't count. Well, what about the 117 uh, like financial uh, regulations broken? What? Every day that Pep is not is a free man and not behind bars is an insult to justice. Everywhere. It's a miscarriage of justice. It is a miscarriage of justice. It, no, it is an abortion of justice. <laughs> Because it's intentional. <laughs> yes. It is disgusting. It is heinous. I hate him. I hate him so much. How come I have the only bald manager that sucks? You don't. Okay, well, no, I have the only bald manager that I have them twice! I have the only <laughs> yeah, two that suck! I was say you don't because Greg Berhalter also sucks, but that's a cell phone right there. <laughs> I have both of them! Everyone else gets the best ball managers, and I get the ones that suck. He threw a fucking barbecue over the weekend. Dude, what 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 do Brits think of as barbecue? And I know he's Dutch, but like he lives in England, so he's a Brit now. What do like Brits think of as barbecue? Like they're not they're not doing ribs and like wings and shit. It's gotta like, be very bur- sausage based. You think they're doing like burgers? Burgers and brats? Burgers and brats. I, it's definitely closer to burgers and brats than, like, brisket and ribs. Yeah, it's, de- like, it's definitely not, like, barbecue-style food, but it's probably just, like, cooking it on the barbecue. Yeah, like, like sausage, burgers. Maybe some, some chicken breasts, some lean. Chicken some, breasts. Like, some, some lean, yeah. Some beans. Oh, yeah. I mean, they love their mm. uh, beans and mushy peas, 100%. Ugh. Dude, what if what if you had them for barbecue? And it was no pro. It was no meat. It was just beans and, and mushy peas. I like beans, but that would be the most. I feel like that would be the most British barbecue that I can think of. Is we're having a barbecue. Here's our beans and mushy peas, and that's your meal. Or they're fucking making a motherfucking shepherd's pie on the barbecue somehow. I do. I could fuck with a shepherd's pie. I never had one. You never had a shepherd's pie. Well, I'm I'm not gonna have one. Not in England. That makes sense. Not in the United Kingdom. That makes sense. Not in Britain. I'm not sure. We you know, Britain, United Kingdom, England. I know. I know. Like that all means different things, but it all means the same thing. 
Uh, I've never been, so and I'm not going to have one. Well, technically, England is a part of Britain and the United Kingdom, yeah. so that doesn't yeah. necessarily mean the same thing. But like the other two, I, mean, yeah. I might, I could have a shepherd's pie outside of England, mm-hmm. but not outside of the United Kingdom. Yes, that is that the biggest of them all. Yes. Okay, and then the others fold in. So yes. Britain, what is Britain? I think. I think Britain... Is it England and Northern Ireland? England, Wales, Scotland. Not Northern Ireland. And then I think Northern Ireland is the United Kingdom. Like, when you add in that plus the other three... Those cheeky bastards. I think, so I think it, it's England is England. If you, are you with me there? <laughs> I, I honestly... I thought England was just London. <laughs> but you think everything is London. <laughs> And then I think Britain is Scotland, England, Wales, and then I think United Kingdom is Scotland, England, Wales, and Northern Ireland. Hey, cross to Northern Ireland for me to come up with an entirely Wait, different United name. Kingdom versus Great Britain. Let's see if I'm right. This is terrible podcasting. <laughs> this is easily my favorite five minutes of this podcast. Okay. <laughs> this. Okay. I was right about what the United Kingdom was, but Great Britain is the geographical term referring to the islands simply known as Britain. England is one of the countries that make up the British Isles. I don't know. I still don't know. Great. What Britain is. Well, everybody, this has been a cracker of a podcast. Uh, Thanks for tuning in. I'm going to do more research on this and I will have a report. Sweet. We, we will, we'll cancel our, our regularly scheduled uh, pod opening next time, and we will just supplement this. Oh, up. and starting next episode, we will bring back our segments. Yes. Other than just talking about Kimmick for seven minutes. I mean, isn't that like fullback of the week right there? That was like fullbacks are under attack of the week. Yeah. Actually, uh, I'm going to have a new segment called Persecution of the Week. And, bring up, and talk about one injustice to a full pack. We, we may test out a new segment, too, that I've been... Uh, You've been cooking. Yeah. Cooking in the meth lab. It, it's, it's been on the barbecue with the mushy peas. All right. We'll see you guys soon in a couple of weeks. Bye. Bye. To the byline. It's in. It's in goal. It's a gift. Oh, he's almost done well to get that in because he's ahead of the near post. It's almost behind him. Sticks his left leg out, it almost hits his heel. And goes straight into the bottom of the corner, bottom corner of the net. Gets ahead of the ball, it's the inside of his car.